live one here. Stop yelling at me. Greetings, carbon-based life forms. Bring lasagna. Vengeance. Tacos. All right, I'm taking this off now. We got the photo. Wait, wait, I didn't get a photo. Put it back on. Damn it, Joe. Hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> Darkness. Since you, since you guys can't see this, call it calls. <laughs> Justice imprisoning me. All that I see. I For those who an, can't, this is you know, you guys podcast, can't see yeah. this, but I was wearing a Batman mask. You mean the cowl, you jackass? And I have a <laughs> cape. It's actually Robin's cape. Can't even get the right cape. I'm, sir. I am broke. <laughs> Wrong character. I heard excuses. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How you doing? Hey, welcome to the Movication Podcast. I'm your host, Joe. I'm Cole. I'm Tyler. I'm Brady. You're a Pepsi logo is what you are. You know what, sir? <laughs> hey, we have conflicting brands. We can't <laughs> drink drink Coke, please. HB Green like Tea. Both. <laughs> I like the Pepsi that make Mountain Dew. I just finished Pepper. some. Uh, I just finished some Trader Joe's cold pressed pineapple juice. I have oh, Crown fancy. Royal. Oh, this this man breaking the mold with his Crown Royal. I don't to drink on the podcast. Since when? I did all the time. What the hell yeah, are you talking since, about? Since January first, in solidarity with you, buddy. Oh. I mean, I don't give a shit. I never got that memo. We give a shit. <laughs> I mean, it's going like strong. Everyone. Wait, we're sending I, memos now. You never drank on 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 the video uh, through Cole. I don't drink. That's it's not, exactly. It, it, it's like, and I know I know this probably isn't like the case for everyone, and I acknowledge that, and I'm not trying to say it is, but I don't know. It's going easier than I expected it to go. So that's good. I, that's good. other other than other than Texas Chainsaw, that one that one almost <laughs> broke me. I mean, like. I don't, I don't drink very often anymore, but I did want to start drinking while we're doing the pot. And when you said that, I'm like, well, I feel, I feel bad drinking in front of you on the pod when you're trying to do that. So funny story. I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I don't, it's not a deal with me. Um, yeah, I know. But so, you know, I, cause like the first, first couple of weeks I did it or started it, uh, it was my friend's birthday and he couldn't, we couldn't do anything the day of cause he was he had some school to do so i took him out like the next day or whatever mm -hmm. he went ahead and ordered like a picture of margaritas it was like me him and his girlfriend and he's like oh, we got margaritas I was like oh i stopped drinking. he's like all right more for me <laughs> <laughs> good man <laughs> i want right, to drink a margarita anyway because all right <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about today 
Definitely. We, Absolutely. I don't know, are we, are we sort of jump right to it or do we got any shenanigans to talk about? I got some shenanigans to talk about. Do we have some shenanigans? We can um, always make shenanigans. Yeah, definitely. One uh, more I, person says shenanigans, I'm going to shoot him in the head. Shenanigans. Hey, Farva, what was the name of that restaurant you like? The one with all the comedy photos on the wall? Thank you, Joe. Oh, you mean shenanigans? Thank oh. you, Joe. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. If someone uh, didn't st- uh, say the line, I was going to. So, <laughs> so uh, before we get into the Batman, because that is our topic for the day, uh, I finished watching the Righteous Gemstones. Have you any guys seen them yet? No. I started it. So. I just started, I think, last week, and I watched. It's only two seasons, and they're kind of short, but I watched, I watched both seasons, and so it has John Goodman, uh, Adam Devine, or Devine. I don't know how you say his last name. Devine. Uh, Devine. Devine. Okay. Uh, and Dan McBride. Devine. And some other people, but really funny show. Tyler, you yeah. said you started it. Yeah, I, I forget how many episodes I got. Um, I started it like last year or something like that. I think I got like maybe four or five episodes <laughs> into it. Oh, buddy, yeah, you need, to, you need to catch up. Yeah, I kind of fell off. I forget what I started watching instead. But. The uh, the second season has Eric Andre in it. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's like the... He's basically the Texas version of them. Nice. And he's based <laughs> out of Houston. I was like, ooh. Could I get Joel Olsen to do this shit? <laughs> But uh, it was really good. Stealing money from people. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> you see that? Uh, because the church is corrupt. <laughs> There's some video I came across like last week, I think, where it's this guy like taking a selfie with Joel Steen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen that video. Hey, you know you're a piece of shit, right? And he's like, huh, and just walks off. He's All like, right. You know you're a piece of shit, right? <laughs> God bless. <laughs> no, uh, you're like the fourth or fifth person to mention that show to me. It's a good show. It, yeah, it's I'm, funny though because it's been on for like what two two three seasons at this point. It just and it's just weird that like up. yeah, it's just weird that like everyone's just now talking about it. Well, I wanted to watch it when it initially came out because I I saw I remember seeing the trailer for it when it first came out and I was like, oh, it looks pretty funny. Yeah, and I, I like all the actors in it, but I, just, I never got around to it. And then season two came along, and I saw somebody post. Um. In the second to the last episode, during the the ending of it, they used a a choir version of Behemoth's "Oh Father, Oh Satan, No Son," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I gotta watch this fucking show now." Use and it Behemoth was, now? Okay. It was so it was so good how they used it. Just hearing like a choir was what sounds like. Like young kids singing that song, I was like, "Hell yeah! All right, I'm in." But yeah, it was, it was a pretty funny show. I I really liked it. Was not what I expected. A lot more male frontal nudity than I anticipated. Not understand why, but hey, whatever. HBO what is all about that, dude. Like <laughs> Euphoria just has dicks all over the place. There was one point in in the second season where uh, one of the guys is in a cage. And uh, they have like a mat covering it, and there's like a little hole in it. And he hears some noise outside the cage. He's like, "So, so, is that you?" And he, he's like looking out the looking out the hole. All of a sudden, he gets poked in the eye with a penis. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I think I saw that one. 
Also, um, I just opened my window and the first thing I said was there's dicks all over the place. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this TikTok uh that had a euphoria clip. It's like the one where uh Zendaya's character is like, if he tells you something different, he's a fucking liar and like slaps the dude. But it's like some chick and she is like a plushie on her dresser and her windows open. You're, you saying your windows open reminded me of it. And she goes, and she's like, you know, how TikTok works. She's sinking to that sound. Yeah. And she slaps the plushie. The next thing you see is it go flying out the window. And she's like, oh shit. <laughs> and then she created a whole TikTok series about because people wanted an update on like how far it flew, if it was okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like I it was you could tell it was completely like not supposed to happen. And this thing just goes flying out the window. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> that happened to my channel. There's this uh this one guy, like I think he does it with a bunch of things, but I've mostly just seen the Euphoria ones, where uh it's just this one guy. He's got like a mustache and everything, and he's just recreating like a bunch of scenes from Euphoria. <laughs> so he's just in like all these like skimpy outfits and wigs, just being every character from the show. <laughs> the other one I've seen is like it's it's a dude. His legit his whole TikTok account is about him being a janitor in school because that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Like he rates school lunches and stuff like that, but he has one of like being a janitor at Euphoria High. He's just sitting there with just sweeping up glitter. He's like, "Where the <laughs> fuck did all this glitter come from?" <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> Is it janitor or custodian? He says janitor. He, he says janitor. Like, like he has like a character that's like a troublemaker kid that mm -hmm. he gets along with, and he calls him janitor so and so all the time. I don't know, because I always remember back in high school, there was one time I was I was talking to my band director, and I mentioned something about the janitor. He stops me, he goes, they're custodians. And I was like, hmm. okay. So I like I just started calling them custodians, but you know, after that, because I I respect my sure band director. I know custodians respect, like proper yeah. word, but I'm like, I'm like, is janitor like a slang term? But I was like, but that sounds proper too. And I hear everyone That's... use it, so I was gonna say I don't think janitor is a slur or anything. Yeah, like, like, a, like, a, like a slur for it. Such a janitor. <laughs> hey, what'd you just say? <laughs> janitor. You goddamn janitor, son of a bitch. I don't know. I, I just always always think about that every time someone says janitor or custodian. Just a random thing that just like you know kind of sticks with me for some reason. I know you said we we're gonna talk about the Batman, but like, no, we're not. We're gonna talk about how Steve Austin's coming out of retirement for one last match in Texas. Allegedly, yeah. it's not. No, he. Yeah, no, no he, it's confirmed. That's what I sent yesterday in the chat. It's confirmed. He Cole. Put out a promo and everything. He's gonna do it. I'm more excited for Johnny Knoxville. Oh, of course you are, Johnny. I don't watch wrestling, so. Well, Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna wrestle his first match in 19 years in WrestleMania in Texas because. Well, you know, I say wrestle. That's but where he ended, or that's where he started his career. I don't know how much he's probably going to come out there, hit a stunner, and go. Actual wrestling matches it'll be. Yeah, like like Brady said, I don't think I don't know how much it's going to be. You know, if you put him against the new Batman, he might not have a chance. I'm just saying. I'm just that saying. dude went a little hard a couple times. All right, you want to just you want to go ahead and start him? Jump right into it. Yeah. What a segue! What a segue! <laughs> yeah, for once, usually we have like 30 minutes of banter. It's a little forced. No bullshit. I mean, of this, I feel like <laughs> Star Wars. Of course. <laughs> he was a deal with things. No, but uh, I feel like this show is going to be long, so might as well like segue on into it anyway. 
real quick, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't seen it on the internet yet, the teaser trailer for the Obi Wan Kenobi series is out. Go and go. And it watch looks it. terrible. I fucking I'm not gonna watch it. I don't want to see anything else about it. Okay. Okay. I love that. Okay. We'll leave it at that. But no, for real, it like I was telling Cole earlier before we got on, like it's cool. I get why they put it out. They're like, hey, we gotta give some content on what the show's gonna be about in for the next two months. But like it didn't like overexcite me. The Grand Inquisitor looks sick in live action. I'm not gonna lie. For me, like I didn't want to see all the photos from Entertainment Weekly that Cole was putting in the chat. Yeah, I am sorry. I'm sorry if I like annoyed you with those. I was just I don't want I gotta want to see those, but I was like, I gotta watch the teaser at least once. And when Duels of Fate hit, oh man, that that hit me right in the heart. And then uh the other one, Battle of the Heroes. Yeah. Just but just hearing that Duel of the Fates kick in and then seeing seeing all the Inquisitors, I was like, okay. I hope they do. I, I wasn't like I wasn't super like overly hyped about it, but it was just more like Man, he's back. That's fucking cool. I hope they do the they take a note from Marvel and Sony and don't show Vader at all. Yeah, I or yeah. or not even Vader, not even Vader, just like Hayden Christensen in general. Because that's well, what I'm most hyped he's for. He's gonna be in it. No, he's in it. It's it's like yeah, Spider-Man. but is he in we it? Know he's him, in it. Is he, I know, I but is he in it, it as himself, or, Vader? or is he in it as Vader most of the time? That's there's what, probably I, gonna I be fla- there's probably gonna be flashbacks I, with him as Anakin. I don't want yeah. yeah, I don't want to know that. Like I don't I don't want to see that in a trailer. You know? Yeah, don't put that in the trailer for sure. Like if like, you have to hide Obi Wan doing this with another lightsaber, sure, go ahead and do that. No, we all know who he's fighting. I just had this thought. If they do flashbacks of him as Anakin, but they're doing recreations of scenes from the Clone Wars cartoon, that would be oh, badass. That, cool. that could be cool. Do do a recreation of like the 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 from the Mortis arc where he's having all these visions and shit. Yeah. Because that be was cool. one of my favorite story arc from that show. All right. Let's get into vengeance. Vengeance. Sorrow. Who wants to start? You're gonna start. Well, I have uh, because you haven't started in months. Yeah, all right. or I'll ever start. for all I remember. <laughs> I went deep on my shit, so like, well, good. Drop in. I wrote, I wrote fucking sixteen bullet or fifteen bullet points. That's it, and then some final thoughts. <laughs> I couldn't do it during the movie, or else I would actually have more. Yeah, I mean, I well, like, I did mine afterwards. I tried. I did mine afterwards because I was at Alamo and I was writing on my lap. But uh, and then someone yelled at you because you're a little no, bitch no, on your no phone. yelled at me because there's like a little light underneath the count the counter. But um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got everything. I'm fine. All right. So, uh, the first the first note I wrote down was the fact that they literally because we all know that there were and this is why I was excited about the movie. I've said it multiple times. The fact that the Riddler is mirrored after the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. All that. The fact that they actually had Paul Dano say the words, this is the Riddler speaking. Because it's exactly what the Zodiac did a few times, yeah. actually. I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> the nerd, the, the fucking the Zodiac nerd in me, the true crime nerd in me. It, it was just like, they, they, they really are hammering in the fact that like, he's basically the zodiac also there was two michael there was two halloween references in the movie um the first one the internet says it is one 
I don't really agree with it, but it is what it is. It's the opening scene with the Riddler, uh, just like his breathe, the way he breathes in that scene, and the uh, the way that like he's just standing there in the shadows, um, behind the mare. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say it's not really a Halloween reference is because I took it more as like a a way to say that like even the villains are almost just like Batman, where they come from the shadows, kind of deal. Not necessarily like a, oh, look, he's standing in a creepy lighted room like Michael Myers would. The second one is a more obvious node or nod to Halloween. And that is when the DA goes into his car and the windows are all fogged up and he, you know, he has to wipe it. And then like Riddler comes behind and like puts the thing on him. Yeah. Exact direct scene from the original Halloween with Annie in her car. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like Matt Reeves, like knows his horror to be able to put that in. And with you know? the, uh, the Zodiac thing, you're forgetting the glaring one, which was the, uh, the ciphers and all that. Yeah, I, I wrote that. Like, that was part of it. Like the fact that. Oh, God, the man just started. I don't get into it. <laughs> um, bullet point one. <laughs> so the second bullet point I wrote down because I went to go see this movie with my dad and I knew that it was Colin Farrell as penguin but my dad leaned over and goes is that joe pesci <laughs> joe pesci oh my god because look don't get don't get him wrong don't get him wrong he no, kind of yeah, did yeah. look like him I, I he kind of did yeah. act like him a little bit and honestly if i didn't know you that it was colin farrell i would have been like is that joe pesci yeah, <laughs> yeah you dude. can't tell it's colin farrell he did some years into that role. i can't apparently colin farrell in there man yeah. apparently he uh he they the first day they did the makeup like the full makeup for him he walked off set and went to a starbucks to see if anyone would recognize who he was and no one said it he got said he got weird looks but no one knew who he was nice cool that's very cool and then he was just on like james corden's show the other night and he was laughing along like oh you're being funny but you could tell that he's like you're a fucking idiot for having this segment in the first place but it was uh, Patrick Stewart was with him and they were comparing action figures mm-hmm. and clearly James Corden, the whole, like his whole joke was like, you don't even look like your own action figure. That must be so sad. Ha, ha, ha. Look at Patrick Stewart. At least his looks like his. I'm like, dude, he, he's, it's not a Colin Farrell action figure. It's a penguin, it's a penguin, penguin action, action figure. figure. It's yeah. not going to look like him. I saw that figure the other day. I was really tempted to buy it. That and the regular figure. I was like, <laughs> "Hey, did you did um, you see the Hot Toys uh, one six replica of the Batman?" I got an email about that. It looks pretty sick, dude. I saw it. I was like, maybe I should buy it. And I saw the price. I was like, maybe I shouldn't buy that. What's the price <laughs> for the figure by himself? One million dollars. Just Batman by himself. Three hundred dollars. That's pretty normal for Hot Toys, though. Yeah, but I was like, oh, because. I want I want everything else like yeah. the 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 signal you know everything and that's my thing I don't have any of the McFarland toys but because I can't seven seven inches is like that doesn't fit in with anything so I'm like I that's can't. what she said. Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> the second right. I said that I'm like, damn it, this is gonna. <laughs> not well. All right, go go on, Brady. Go on. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um. So I really did like that they chose to go with 
year two of bat of the bat of the Gotham project is what he was calling it at the time. Like, I don't think we ever have gotten that. I know there's an animated version of it, but we haven't gotten it in a full feature length like this. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, this is the first time we've gotten um, this young of a Batman. Everything else has been kind of like, I guess, well, in their prime, essentially. For But let me add on to that real quick, because it kind of goes off of this note anyway. I I like that the fact that the the Bruce Wayne that they chose to portray in this movie is not yet the playboy billionaire CEO that he becomes. He's right. still very much reclusive, kind of dealing with the trauma of his parents dying, dealing with the idea of starting this new project. The fact, and to go off of that as well, um, here's what I wrote exactly for that note. I said, I also really enjoyed the character of Bruce they chose to portray. He's not yet the playboy he becomes later in life. He's still very young and coping with the tragedy of his parents. I think they did a great job of showing he's still trying to figure out his life. But I also wrote Bruce's narrations were really interesting to me. And I enjoyed the uh, how they introduced the idea that since it's so early in his career, as batman and he hasn't yet become the big name in business that he is he's out so late slash often that the days are and nights are running together and he writes down what he remembers throughout the night and that shows like where he is in his life too like he's clearly like an insomniac but they don't really blatantly be like you have a mental issue or something going on he's just he's just trying to do something yeah, he, like cope. they don't specify what's he what is he dealing with maybe like some sort of ptsd you yeah. know insomnia just something I, just that's such an interesting character take on the character for me as someone who's not like necessarily like we all know batman we all know batman is rich yeah. and he fights crime but to see batman kind of be like an everyday person mm-hmm. that's an interesting take for me and that kind of pushed me in the direction of enjoying it more than I thought I would. Uh, let's see, let's see. I'm really happy they didn't, um, that I didn't have to sit through another scene of his parents getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was the one thing going into this movie that I wasn't expecting much. But that was the one thing in this movie that I was wanting not to see at all. It's overdone at this point if you're going yeah, to see we, a batman movie you know, know the, the origin, origin of batman story. so if you, you don't, don't need to show origin, it every time then... but i you're born knowing it yeah yeah just like you might not know everything about spider-man but you're no you're born knowing the origin of spider-man really you're, and you're born knowing that vader is luke's father like that's just oh hey whoa. what spoiler i haven't wrong watched the star war in my life i haven't watched obi-wan kenobi yet God damn next it, man. tell me you God. don't know <laughs> dumbledore what jesus christ cole Sons. come on what the fuck? God damn it. I was I just it getting around to watching those. After Iron 10 Man dies in Endgame. <laughs> um, that one we knew. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves that one. <laughs> Number seven was Catwoman was boring as hell in this movie. I did not enjoy anything she had to offer. I thought the the 
character felt forced and ultimately like yeah she kind of had like the the fact that she was carmine falcone's daughter like okay but the character still felt very forced like it was like almost like even that aspect of it i'm sure it's from the comic book but even that aspect of it is just like here we want to have it's almost like and i i know spoiler uh, that the Joker does show up at the end, technically, but it's almost like, it's almost like, hey, we don't have blatant, we don't blatantly have the Joker throughout this movie. What's another character we can throw in? Let's throw in Catwoman. And it's just like, eh, took away from the movie for me a little bit. Yeah, I don't think we needed her, but I didn't mind her. She was fine. I mean, that's, she was basically like how. Catwoman is like she shows up every now and then and she goes off and does her own thing like she I I thought she was a good Catwoman but she was yeah yeah I'm not saying I'm not saying she was bad Catwoman or anything I'm just saying the character of Catwoman for me felt unnecessary so fun fact this is the second time she has played Catwoman yeah she played it in the Lego movie as well right yeah Lego the Lego Batman movie what were you going to say, Joe? Um, just to add to like the Catwoman thing. Yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but it's, you know, in the movie, she's never been like, and then I guess like a very important part. It's, but it, it brings good balance to it. And especially for, for her, like that's been batman's love interest yeah, yeah i mean yes you know it becomes bruce's love interest but you know it's different we're not seeing the love interest of the human person we're seeing the love interest of the hero yeah you she's know, also the, just no go ahead i'm just you know just i'm just saying like of, of just the character not not of the human person inside behind the mask you know what i mean yeah she's just like she's the antithetical batman pretty much like similar goals in mind but go around doing things a different way and that's just what always like brings them together and stuff like that so i mean she's not supposed to be like a huge part of it or anything like that but i she fit in well like i didn't have any complaints about it you you say that but i feel like and i think that's what they wanted to kind of portray too is like yeah she's here but she's not a big part of the story but to have her essentially save bruce at the end of the movie during the big fight was like well then she kind of is a big part of this story yeah because if she wasn't there helping him this would have ended differently you know yeah it was it's that and the whole uh falcone connection stuff like that like those are her parts pretty much and then her friend that that whole which factors in zoe kravitz zoe kravitz killed the character like zoe kravitz did amazing performance nothing against her it's just for me the character eh, i could have done without it they Uh, saved her for the second one they really could have yeah number my eighth note is paul dano that's it that's the note (laughs) paul dano send tweet is it dano or dano 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 dino uh Number nine, this is probably, I think, my longest note, but I'm going to read it, and we can discuss it a little bit more. I'm telling you, he wrote a fucking um, book. So I said, I really enjoyed the scene at the end when Batman is saving the people from the arena, and they all follow him into the water. Like, that, the angle that they chose to see Batman 
clearly leading everyone and everyone falling behind him. The overhead shot? Just, yeah, the overhead shot was amazing. Um, to me, it portrayed, and Bruce's narration helps portray this as well, that while Batman is such a new element to the city uh, and Bruce's life, that even though Gotham isn't decriminalized and probably never will be perfect, that people do see Batman as a hero and trust him to do what he can for the city and showing him help the National Guard load people into the helicopters to safety. The girl placing a reassuring hand on him, basically saying thank you, is poetic because in a weird way, this movie is very much, it's a Batman movie, it's a superhero movie. But it's also still, with the, the true crime and the investigation elements, still very much grounded in reality. And I 100% guarantee that if Batman were real in our world today, like living amongst us, that exact scene of him loading people onto the helicopter and the girl doing the reassuring arm placement would 100% happen in real life. Oh, yeah. Because people... People are always searching for not necessarily a hero, but a leader. And that that scene kind of gave me like that vibe. And like I can clearly see like that exact news clip happening with that exact overhead angle that somehow happened of Bruce leading people or Batman really leading people out of the arena through the water. And it's literally one guy with followers right behind him. Now you could say that's a cult too, but you know. The way I see it on that scene because that was a big that was a like a big scene for me too and this is one of my points kind of like what you said you know he he's the hero leading them for me it that's the symbolized symbolism i saw on it was he is the light leading them out of the darkness that they're now you know entrenched in with with the whole city being in ruins essentially like you said he needs you know he's He's and that right there is to... why you write song lyrics and i write podcast reviews yeah. <laughs> uh, you know he's He's in there trying to, you know, de- like to decriminalize the city. He is, he is the light in the darkness, leading them, you know, leading them out of there, trying to save them the best he can. And like you said, yeah, if Batman was a real person, I can totally see that that happening. Like, you know, the woman giving him the reassuring touch on the arm, and you know, just thanking him that way, and just him moving along. I, yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from at that same point. But also, like, it's not necessarily like. 100% reassuring Batman's good. It's also reassuring Bruce that he's doing the right thing. It might still be new, but he's doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think that's why they had it linger a little bit long because it was more to tell you that or convey the still, idea that is he like really Bruce, doing the right thing doing this project and yeah. he's realizing, yeah, okay, I'm, I am doing right. And that also, like I said, with his narration, because like he says in the narration at that point, he's like, it's been two years crimes actually gotten worse since i started doing this but i do notice some changes or something like that so like so the scene mixed with the narration made everything just so perfect right there um i said it was a very interesting choice to have bruce watch slash save the mayor's kids it's the mayor's kid it's as almost as if he was saving himself in the past i got that kind of vibe like he he knew it, 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 it's weird because I saw that and I saw the first thing I thought of was probably the best line in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, and that's when 
Barry asks Bruce what to do. And he says, if anything, just save one person. Save one person. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got with like, every time they showed him and this kid is like, clearly Bruce is connecting to him because his dad just died. And Bruce is very traumatized about what happened to his parent. But also it's that save one person. And who does he save when he saves the people from the water? Because he reaches out to grab the new mayor's hand, but he sees the kid and goes for him instead. So for the kid is himself and himself is the one person. Come with me. I told you I got deep. (laughs) Robin, Um, come with me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I feel you though. uh, Let's see. He's going to put that kid's life on the line. So the inclusion of the Joker at the end wasn't really shocking to me because it's a Batman movie. You kind of like are contractually obligated to have something about the Joker in it. Can we get through um, Batman movie without, without the Joker, please? I agree. No. Look, it's going to take <laughs> we time. We have. It's, gonna it's take... called The Dark Knight Rises. And Batman Begins. <sighs> That's very true. But let me uh, tell you this. If Heath Ledger didn't die, think about that Dark Knight Rises scene where they're uh, p- putting people to trial to walk the ice or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, he definitely instead of Scarecrow, there. that would have been Joker as the judge. Yep. Yeah. Although I do like the Scarecrow a little bit more. I think Darkness is your But look, Cole, we just got, it's 2022. They've been making Batman stuff for how long? We just finally got to one where they don't, they even showed his parents getting murked in the Joker movie, you know? Yeah. So it's going to take time before someone's like, you know what? Let's not do Joker this time. Well, apparently was there was a scene it. earlier in the film that got cut where he was in it. Voted by it. More. And uh, Matt Reeves even said, Batman's already met Joker. He, he's not calling himself the Joker yet. That's why he's in the... Is, yeah. is that why he's already in... A, see, yeah. I really hope Matt Reeves does what he says he wants to do. It's same with Robert Pattinson. And that is... Because it's supposed to be a trilogy, right? Save yeah. Joker for the third movie. Save Joker to be his big, bad, final... like Make like an Arkham Breakout movie or something like that. And that's the third movie of this whole thing. But both of them have said they want to do Mr. Freeze. I yes. want Mr. Freeze. That's who I and want. And I want that. I want Arnold yeah, back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's the thing about them doing a American breakout. I'm thinking, Cole, correct me. The Gotham City Police Department spinoff. Is it going to be a movie now or a show? No, it's going to be. So it started out as Gotham City PD. It was supposed to follow James, James Gordon and all that and be now like about Ar- the poli- a police procedural. Yeah. But after but this movie, Matt Reeves was like, no, we're going to take that series. We're going to keep it a series and make it more horror adjacent within Arkham. Okay, so it's going to be a series still. If if they want to do Freeze as well, I feel like Freeze has to be the next one. Because if if you want to pay, you know, it's like, it's just, uh, you know, time out, Joker, don't give us Joker right away. Then it has to be like that. I personally want them to go and do Arkham Asylum. Ooh. I just because... want a really gritty take on Mr. Freeze. We'll see Not that. some fucking yeah. like keep cool Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner terrible. What kill the I... dinosaurs? If you, if you give the, the teaser of, of Joker and the Riddler, you know, becoming friends in Arkham at the end, because obviously that's where they're at. That and that and you want to keep things fresh. That'll be a new take that no one's done yet. You know, do Arkham Asylum, which is I think what the show's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. but so like, so then you know how 
I would like it as a show because it can get more detail and there's a lot of stuff you can uncover in Arkham Asylum. But to see it as a movie and if they were to do it the way they did in the graphic novel, that'd be pretty cool too. You know, it'd be kind of a neat idea, I think. You guys might not like it as much. But have the Arkham TV show kind of be like a each episode highlights a different villain that's what i follow their journey to how they got to arkham but not any of the big not maybe not some of the bigger villains but like someone like mr freeze you can take give him an hour of a tv show and follow where his criminal past starts to where how he ends up in without bruce's help or without batman's help really thing into arkham i want them to do villains that would never get a big spot in a movie Give me Calendar Pat, Man. Give me Madison also said he wants Calendar Man. Give me fucking Condiment King. I don't care. Give me Condiment King. I can I can see how on like like Brady said, you know, an hour of each villain can be cool because that's essentially in the in the novel, that's how it is. You know, he's he's going through Arkham and he's running into the you know, the villains he's put in Arkham. Um, I mean it's still a procedural like cop show at that point still, yeah yeah but from I would a like criminal see, perspective i would like to see two-face but the two-face in arkham because that one actually kind of bummed me out because they're they have him on medication and they're trying to get him to think for himself so they took away his coin and give him they gave him more options so like they moved him on from a coin to like i think a dice and like more sided dice and all this stuff and it be, but thing is he's still crazy and he got to the point where he can't make a decision because he ha- he has too many options and i remember specifically in the novel like they talked about how like he if he has to go to the restroom he just shits himself or pisses himself because he can't make a decision if he really has to go or not also the My, idea of a prison rehabilitating people is unrealistic go on yeah but and so it's like it'd be cool to see like that that crazy side of it because all throughout Arkham Asylum, it's you know, it's the Joker, you know, reaching out to Batman saying, you know, you belong in here too. You may my not think one, you do, but you do. Uh, my one concern about the show after seeing the movie, knowing it's going to be connected to the movie now. Um, which by the way, DC totally has me with their HBO TV shows like Peacemaker. I cannot stop thinking about that fucking show. It's amazing. I watched the first episode yesterday and I wasn't very impressed. It's funny as hell. You got to keep watching it. That's what I figured. Can but you want me to spoil what happens at the end? No, I'm going to keep watching. Okay. But, but I, just, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't too hooked yet. To, to go off of what Cole said real quick, you want like Calendar Man makes sense, but they kind of already use the count. I, I, I'm sure they could come up with a different story, but the fact that this movie is based on a year two and the long, long Halloween, Halloween as well. Didn't they kind of use the calendar man story to kind of bring him in? You know what yeah. I mean? Because the long Halloween is called the long Halloween, but it's calendar man killing people every month. It's not calendar man's not the killer. He's not the killer. Then there's, well, though there's those comic book that's like that then. And you figure out that it is calendar man. No, he goes to calendar man for help. Cause he's like, Hey, Someone's committing crime center. Oh, okay. I must have read that wrong then. Okay, but like the condiment man or something like that. Or even like, look, we got Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. Give me condiment here's, king, damn it. Give, give condiment, James condiment Gunn. King, the, my, 
Go give ahead, James Gunn the goofy ass characters. Let James Gunn have fun with those. Because how much did you guys really like Suicide Squad? And I'm telling you, Peacemaker was fun as hell. Like, give those goofy characters to someone who can do goofy shit. Yeah, put James I, Gunn I, I in charge that. of DC. No, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> give me um, a dark and gritty Captain Carrot reboot. But I'm telling Cole, you, this up. is Cole, so up. to go off of my because notes you real can't, quick. You can't get. I, I get Cole, you want the you want the abstract ones, but that's not gonna draw the attention of the fans. They have something good right now and they need to capitalize on it because they You say that, Joe, but I don't I kind of disagree with you there. Well let me because let me see. Let me, let me a tell big you, percentage we... of their audience are people like Cole. Yeah, but that's too abstract. Okay, you know, I see where you're going there. But like to me... say that they can't pull from like a Z-list character or something yeah. like that. Give me Clayface. Give me Zaz. We I'll tell you now Zaz. who I I'll tell you now who's going to be in this one of the sequels. Hush. They already hinted at it. Hush. Yeah. yeah. Hush be also, good. also, they, if you go to the website at the end, the, the rattle or whatever, if hinting. you pick out all the dates, Two Face. Yeah, Two Face is the last date. It's his first appearance, mm-hmm. and it's counting down. I think it's at like seventy percent or something. It's counting down. It's like uploading something. And if you there's a thing that says click for reward, it's a thing that you have to like code like code with the cipher from the movie, and it says something like, "Hold on, I have it right here. Let me look at it real quick." Like because it's like a message, and then you have to yeah. Here it is. You think I'm finished, but perhaps you don't know the full truth. Every ending is a new beginning. Something is coming. So they're I think they're about to announce the sequel or now announce something. Where is this at? Uh, the they web just—it's the website from the movie Rada Alada. It's like an actual okay. website you can visit. But to basically to go off of what I what started this whole conversation, the note I wrote was the inclusion of Joker wasn't shocking to me. I figured he'd show up in the sequel. I kind of want a gritty take on Mister Freeze, or someone else that isn't the Joker. The Joker needs to rest for a while. We got him in the one Nolan film. We got him in the Suicide Squad and even in the Snyder Cut. Dude even got his own movie at one point. You know what I mean? So sure, all these are like they're separate properties. They're not connected to this particular version of Batman. But he just just do. They did something different with Riddler. Last time we got Riddler, it was Jim Carrey. This time we get a really good version of Riddler. I'm just saying let the dude like let the character rest and then let the fans tell you when they're ready to see the Joker again. If they were to do that, I like this. This is going back to me saying they could, they should do freeze next specifically and hint at the idea of an Arkham breakout. And that'll be part three with the Joker leading it. And because, you know, because the vibe I'm getting is like from the, uh, like you said, the long Halloween year one, um, the Arkham series games. This is yeah, like, if, you think, sure. if you think about it, this is like this was Arkham City essentially. Him running. I mean, around he the city. had to find the trophies essentially too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like if you think of it kind of backwards, it's Arkham City because most of the time he's out and about in the city, fucking shit up, trying to figure everything out. And that's what Arkham City was based on. Basically, it's kind of like the Long Halloween. Um, so you can do, you know, you can give the third movie being a combination of the asylum and uh i forget the, the name of the second game but 
that one, um, which will be give us a little bit of Batman going to the asylum because he's hearing Joker's causing trouble. He needs to go put him in check. Then show them breaking out, and he has to basically gather all the villains back up, but Joker leading them. So Joker becoming his the main fight at the end. There's so I know this sounds so dumb considering how the movie is, but like if they do Bane, they should do roided out Lucha with the injections going through his body, Bane, not Tom Holt, Tom whatever Bane, Bane like. I want to see the liquid green tubes, which they they showed that. We already already made that joke like five minutes ago. Yeah, you're a little late. (laughs) They injected it. He had himself like injected with something that looked like Bane's. It was adrenaline. Everyone's saying it's venom or Bane's shit. It's it was adrenaline, but it was green, Cole. It was green. It would. It'd be cool to have the fuck up, Cole. It'd be cool to have an Hispanic guy play him the way he did, like in the in the cartoons. Um. So my last few notes here are: this is probably one of my favorite Batmobiles. To be honest with you, uh, it gave me Death Proof vibes. Which have you guys ever seen Death Proof? Cole, have you ever seen Death Proof? Kurt Russell plays a stunt car driver that goes around murdering. It's a slasher film with a car, and the car is death proof, but the only because it's a stunt car. Um, <laughs> because it's a stunt car but the only way you can you know get the effects of the death proofness is you have to be the driver so he'll throw people in his passenger seat and just like fucking wreck the car on purpose it's it's fucked up um i really enjoyed low-tech batman as well i thought it was a smart choice and kind of made the character a little bit more enjoyable can we talk like, about he didn't... the ring the fact that it came off his chest like that, that was, was badass man. that was awesome but I like that, like, his one, like, big piece of technology was his contact lenses. He doesn't have yeah. a whole Lucius and all that yet. And yeah. he's, you know what I mean? Um, and then the last note, which I say it's the last note. There's one more note after that, but I already said it was the Halloween one. The last note is simply Saw Vibes. The Riddler gave me fucking Jigsaw Vibes. Oh, yeah. Especially tra- the trap crap around the necks and the rat maze thing i was like Like, what the fuck am i watching like that was scary (laughs) dude so do you want me to read my final thoughts or or do you you guys want to get started on your takes go ahead okay so i said final thoughts i truly enjoyed this a lot more than i thought i would and came out of it with the same level of satisfaction that i had when i saw no way home like when I when I went out of No Way Home, I was like, that was probably a nearly perfect superhero movie for me. And again, you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast and you guys know me now, not my thing. Just not my thing. But that these two movies, especially this one, a little bit more than No Way Home, I was like, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Um, this movie for me was so was very much tonally in the same vein as Zodiac while feeling more like a psychological crime thriller thriller like seven. The color grading score script and performances are some of the best I've seen as far as superhero films go. But for me, the pacing fell short and where it fell short for me is like, it started out really, really strong. You have the car chase scene and then it slows down a bit 
and tries to find its footing again. So that the pacing in that area, like that middle-ish area was very much like, how do we get back to where we were? Because if you really look at this movie, it's, it's a Batman movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's a Batman movie with like a very small amount of superhero action in it. And the car chase scene is one of them. So it's like, yeah, it's almost like it's like they were like, we need to quickly throw in like Batman doing something Batman-y, but then go back to the investigation of the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it had a good first half, but ultimately slowed down in the middle and had a hard time finding its footing again. Robert Pattinson was extremely impressive as Batman. I said this earlier, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman leaves a lot to be desired. And I felt like her character was ultimately there for the fan service. The Riddler played by Paul Dano was the show stealer for me. The dude can act. Anytime he was on screen, I was so invested into the character and the performance he gave in the and the performance he gave in the back half of the half of the film. Joe knows I like Paul Dano has made me uncomfortable for a while. But like this the from the diner, like anytime he was on screen, I was like, ugh. But from the diner scene and this invest interrogation scene where he's like slowly talking to Batman, I'm just like, get this motherfucker off screen. Like he's creeping me out. Like the fact that he's literally just he's sitting there while these cops surround him and put him in cuffs and he's just staring at Bruce and just smiling. And you're just like, he's fucked in the head. Like, oh my God great performance it, like i said it made me feel uncomfortable at some points and to finally wrap up this movie is a really good dark and gritty detective center psychological thriller with some superhero action thrown in throughout i hope they continue this interpretation of batman because they do set up slash introduce a lot of fresh ideas that for me i haven't s- seen in batmans from the past like the fact that he's an actual detective in this one you know Sure, he's a detective in a Batman costume, but he's still pretty fucking good at being a detective. World's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on this uh, Rada Alada website, has anyone deciphered what it says at the end? Did you say that already? Yeah. No. So uh, if you click the, th- like, it'll load like the percentage and it says click for reward, it'll show up like a picture and it'll be a cipher. And that's what I read earlier. Yeah. You want me to read that again? Yeah, What's what does it say again? You think I'm finished, but perhaps you don't know the full truth. Every ending is a new beginning. Something is coming. Okay, cool. Sorry, I, I, I know you said it earlier, but I was kind of... Yeah, so when that countdown finishes, I think it's at like 76% right now, we're getting something. Whether it's a teaser for the next one or what, we're getting something. Cool. I probably should, and I'm sure it's not going to be a teaser for the next one, but maybe just an announcement. Probably, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. probably yeah. an announcement. Yeah, picture something in the universe. Watch yeah. this. Watch the. Uh, watch the whole this website just freeze. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. God. It just it just does the goodbye. It does at the end at the end of the movie. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll go. I'm now. done talking. I know I wasted an hour. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Damn, this movie. I, I, you know, I've kind of been burnt out on Batman for a while. Just, you know, because we have so many movies now. I'm just like, okay, can we 
take a break. But I loved this movie and it took me back to when I was in middle school reading The Long Halloween for the first time. And this was partially inspired by The Long Halloween. Oh my God. Like to get like a true like comics detective, bat, like, you know, actual detective Batman on screen where that's all he's doing for the most for the most of the movie is detective shit. That was awesome. Like, you know, having to, oh, I gotta go talk to, I gotta go talk to Penguin. I gotta go talk to, you know, this person. I, I gotta talk to Falcone. It's like, shit, th- that's awesome. Uh, I felt everyone in this movie did a phenomenal job. I didn't have a problem with any of the casting. Um, Alf- Alfred didn't do a whole lot, but I thought Andy Serkis was a good choice. Definitely. Thought he was a pretty solid choice. Uh, I honestly thought they were going to kill him. And I feel like, I'm not saying they should have, but if they had, that would have been something we'd never seen before. But I'm kind of glad they didn't. Same. But Catwoman, I could take or leave her. I didn't have a problem with her for the most part. I did feel like the scenes with her were when the movie kind of started to drag a little. Other than that, no issue. The Riddler, the Riddler for a long time has always been my favorite Batman villain. Because it's like, to me, it's like, he's always been like the, of all of his villains, he's always been the freakiest to me. He just goes around leaving clues around. Oh, solve my riddle. I'm just like, dude, you're fucking insane. Get help. And then there's like, yeah, we're just going to make him a full on serial killer this time. And I'm like, that's awesome. I do think Batman solved the riddles a little too quickly. That was my, that was one of my gripes, but you know, world's greatest detective. Okay. Saying, are you saying the world's greatest detective was solving it too easily? Too, too quickly in a three-hour movie? Well, that <laughs> first one only took him like a minute. Because well, he is he is the world's greatest detective. Okay. He also had his little contact lenses in, and they were like X-ray. And at least it wasn't Robin getting all of them in like half a second, like in the Adam West show. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, did you want this movie to be longer? No. Well, then don't say you, yes. you're upset that he solved it so quickly. What's well, eight ounces? I'm not upset. I was just, uh, it was just something, you know. With a machine gun. Um, I do have a few notes. The, you know, the scene at the beginning when you first see Batman, when he's taking down that gang. Uh, the one gang member who's, you know, a little nervous about the whole thing, doesn't want any part of it. That's the same guy who plays Tim Drake in the Titans show on HBO Max. Really? And I was reading, he filmed this before he got cast in that show and he couldn't tell them that he was in this due to... In, oh, due to yeah, I remember reading something so they, about that. They cast him as Tim Drake. and I, So he popped up in this. I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. And I was reading about it. I'm like, oh, shit, that's, that's cool. Did you ever hear the story about... Did you hear the story about Robert Pattinson getting casted? I don't think I did. So he was just starting production on Tenet at the time. And he had to go away to go screen test for it. And uh, he wasn't allowed to say what he was doing, obviously. So he goes up to Christopher Nolan and goes, hey, I have a family emergency. I got to go run home real quick. And he's (laughs) and Christopher Nolan figured it out from there. Christopher Nolan was like, so you're going to go test for that Batman movie then? And um, he's like, no, I'm telling you, it's a family emergency. 
clearly not ghost test for the batman and all that which by the way he wears uh i believe he wore george clooney's costume and michael keaton's cowl to do the screen test that's awesome nice um is is because that was the world's greatest detective but here's so (laughs) he didn't he didn't tell yeah he wasn't he wasn't going to tell anybody and then he because he didn't think he was going to get it for a while he wasn't sure if he was even in consideration for a while um then he got it they told him and he was going to go tell christopher nolan right away walks up to christopher nolan and goes hey i got something to tell you he goes oh yeah congratulations on the batman by the way That's because awesome. production production Nolan, called the world's Christopher no- <laughs> production called Christopher Nolan first, but he was he was afraid to tell Christopher Nolan um, that he was doing it because he didn't want to feel like he was disrespecting him for doing something that he's already done while working yeah. on his movie. I'm but I guess scared. George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer reached out to both Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz and said their one piece of advice that they gave him was make sure you can go to the bathroom. No, not George Clooney. Uh, Christian Bale said to make sure that you can go to the bathroom while wearing your costumes. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> but I was like, that's a cool, like, that's a neat little story. And they hear like Christopher Nolan, who has for the most part kind of seemed like a dick, be like, hey, congratulations on this Batman thing that I yeah. knew you were doing the whole time. <laughs> but um, going back to my notes... Uh, and at one point in Bruce's office, you can see a Shakespeare bust, which is a callback to the 60s show where they, you know, hit the button on the bus to like go into the Batcave. <laughs> and then at the end, Catwoman's like, oh, yeah, I might stop by in Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven is a city from the comics. To And at some, and at some points, its crime rate is like worse than Gotham's. And in... I don't know if it will in this continuity, but in the comics, it's where Nightwing resides a lot of the time, and it's where he kind of, at once he breaks from Gotham, he goes to, and stays in Bloodhaven for a while. They mentioned that in the in the Arkham game, the third one. Uh, whenever you like interact with Nightwing, like via like communication, he mentions that that's where he's at, and if you yeah. need help, he can he'll come by or whatever and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, and honestly, you know, I've seen the movie twice. The second time I saw it in 4DX, which I think I told you guys about this, the seats move. They uh, If it's raining in the movie, there's rain, there's water dripping down on you in the theater. Uh, there's smoke pumping in. Uh, gunshots are going off. Wet air is blowing in your ears. If they shoot shoot a gun in the film and it hits a light, a light flickers in the theater. They entered the club scene. We smelled champagne. There's nice. little, <laughs> there's like little whips or something on the seat that were whipping my legs. Yo, so if they uh, if they do go with Mister Freeze in the sequel and he goes and see it in 4DX again, Arnold Schwarzenegger is gonna pop through and be like, "It's cold." <laughs> It's for you guys. Everybody just gets um, cryogenically frozen. Dude, so I've seen it in 40X. After the car chase scene, I had to get up and walk. I had to go and walk around the theater for a while because I we were in the second row, which, okay, whatever. My head hit the back of my seat so many times. I'm pretty sure I almost got whiplash. Like, it was just 
this for like four, three or four minutes and I'm just like, okay, I got to get up and walk around. Like, I am not okay right now. I wish we had a 4DX theater here now, man. Shit. Yeah. yeah we had to go to Atlanta, but because my friend bought the tickets and he's like, yeah, you owe me 25 bucks. I'm like, 25 bucks for what? I had no idea. Then I looked up. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you dude, have a dead pacemaker, so you could probably do that. They probably would be like, nah to me <laughs> dude, the, and even when they were just playing the trailers like they played the trailer for morbius the ship the, the chair moved as much during that trailer as than it did as much as it did in the movie like it was like i was flying with morbius and my friends like hey you want to see that and i'm like no and then they showed the trailer for dr strange and it was this hey how about that in 40x i'm like i will die if we see dr strange at 40x <laughs> the chair is gonna be flipping and shit I, know, I was going to say, it you puts you in another Strange. dimension. Oh, shit. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're just up on the ceiling looking down, watching the movie. Like, how the fuck did this happen? You're watching the movie from the other side of the screen. You're watching the crowd. I'm watching, I'm seeing my body in the seat. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, wait a minute. In the, you somehow get transferred into the parking lot, yet you're still watching the movie. <laughs> I'm in my car and it's like, wait, where's my body? But, um, no, 4DX was cool. De- if it's your first time watching a movie, don't do that. D- go see the movie regular first, then I, go do the yeah, crazy. I, was, I don't know if I'd like that or not. Like it, I, it sounds it cool, very, like the immersiveness of it and shit like that. It's, but it's like, a very cool thing to do once. Yeah, I, may, maybe once in a blue moon. Sounds very distracting. <laughs> I will stick. I will stick to Dolby. It's all fun and games till one of the goons stabs you. And you're like, wait. <laughs> I'm still convinced those are Joker goons. I am like those goons at the beginning. Come on, with that face paint. Come on. No, I don't think so. Goons come in, people steal your wallet. <laughs> Dude, those Riddler goons at the end were f- terrifying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. But yeah, uh, so really great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I might like this a tad more than No Way Home. Wow. Which, yeah, yeah. Which, is, you know, coming is this from your movie from... of the week? <laughs> I was going to say movie of the year from Cole. <laughs> we got movie our first one. For our yeah. first movie of the year nomination for Cole. Oh, Jackass is my movie of the year. What are you talking about? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, um, why? <laughs> Can we kick Cole? <laughs> Physically, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I enjoyed this. That in My only major gripe was we didn't need the Joker cameo. It's fine, whatever. It, I felt like it was unnecessary. But, you know. I'm, all right. I'm glad it was done within the movie and not make me, not make me sit through the credits for it. It really yeah. felt like a... I, it, I'm pretty, it felt, I, like, the, it it felt like an end credit scene inside the movie. It in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Also, it was only like, what, maybe like a, a minute and a half at the most? Like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too much. It was just like a taste. So... I do like that they didn't fully show him. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but yeah. the actor that played him was in Internals. Yeah, he played uh Barry Kehogan. Is that his name? Kehogan? Yeah. I, don't know. I think character? it's Kehogan. Kellogg's. I don't remember his character name now. But... Frosted Flakes. I don't know if I... I don't know, Tyler. Have you heard the the Serial Men yeah. episode of Dollop? <laughs> I was, I was going to... I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> I, I can't look at cereal. I can't look at Kellogg's yeah. cereal the same way ever since uh, the cereal men of the dollop. 
Uh, I'll tell you guys off off screen. Brady yeah, I, and Cole, it's it's a long it's a long thing. Yeah, I I got a a funny story about that too. <laughs> you saw what you sent in the chat, Brady. What the fuck? Oh, I have it muted. What do you say? Uh, you'll see. <laughs> Something you can't say on the podcast. Don't don't turn on the podcast. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Okay. <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> Mr. Spielberg, we have a preposition for you. I mean, I'll say it. I got, I got, a, I got a better one. Hang on. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Tyler, Tyler give us your takes. We'll give us your takes. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. First off, writing was incredible. Like, I felt like, honestly, like, contrary to what Brady said and stuff like that. I felt like there really wasn't any downtime in the movie. Like I felt like everything served its purpose pretty much. Uh, casting was perfect. Uh, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, uh, you know, weird casting from the beginning. Everybody was like, really? They got the twilight guy and stuff like that. But uh, he was also just like a weird Bruce Wayne. Like we're used to, the millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. He was just a reclusive. Kurt Wayne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's just reclusive, like wasn't putting himself out there like we've seen, wasn't saying he owned restaurants and shit like he was in a the Dark Knight. Um it was just really interesting take on Bruce Wayne, which I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, it was obviously a modern movie, but it felt like it was set in like the 50s or 70s to me for the most part. Like if it wasn't for like the goons at the beginning having cell phones and shit like that, I honestly couldn't tell you when this movie took place. Yeah, the Cadillac Escalade didn't really help you out there or the Cadillac uh, at the warehouse. Okay, certain things like that made it more modern shit like that <laughs> but i mean yeah. it was i felt like it was really reminiscent of like the uh the tim burton movies in that aspect where like it's just very vaguely set in these times but you still have a little bit more like modern stuff going on like i do that i think the tim burton movies were supposed to be like in the 40s but you had 70s cars driving around and stuff like that i don't know i, was I thought thinking was there was there any cell phones in this movie like iPhones or anything like that in this movie yeah the uh the goons at the beginning were like filming like yeah, yeah that's true people. yeah but I see what you're saying there and I'm glad they didn't like overly modernize it yeah where like you know in today's age and modern the goons would be recording like a TikTok while they're doing that yeah exactly. I'm glad they didn't do something stupid like that it wasn't anything blatant it was just like oh this guy has a cell phone so obviously it's somewhat modern you know I just I like shit like that, so I thought that was cool. Y'all were talking about the Arkham games. Have any of y'all ever played any of the uh, Telltale Batman games? I played the first season. Okay, this movie definitely gave me vibes of those games. Like, uh, I guess by most people's standards, it would be considered like a slowly paced movie or shit like that. But I just. 
Because they're not they're not really video games, right? Basically, you're no, watching a story being told. Yeah, it's like a visual novel, but there's still like game elements to it, and you like make choices in dialogue, and people react certain ways depending on how you choose to talk to them. Uh, it definitely gave me vibes of that. Like even just normal conversations between Bruce Wayne and everybody else, like. I could see like the choices in the dialogue like popping up and I mean one of the uh one of the choices in the games is like usually like you can just be silent and they just react however they react or whatever like just a lot of the dialogue in the movie gave me that vibe and after playing those games like this movie was just amazing to me just based off of that uh Yeah, just really added to the uh, immersiveness of it. Uh, personally, I felt like it needed to be almost three hours long, two hours, 56 minutes, whatever it was. And like I said earlier, there's I didn't really feel like there was any downtime to it. Well, like, I'm not I'm not saying like it felt long because of the pacing or anything like that. Yeah. Like to me, the movie felt great and I was perfect with the three hours. I'm just saying like, in general like the feel of the movie took a turn because it it needed to to remind the audience that hey you're watching a batman movie yeah but then it wanted to shift itself back into the crime thriller of it i felt like it had a hard time finding its footing back into it until a certain point and then they did another like action scene of batman and all that but they did that one a little bit a, a bit better I think to make it work at the end, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. I'm not like. So it's not like, like I'm not saying the timing was wrong. I'm just saying like, there's a definite like disconnect of like the feel of the film for a little bit. Yeah, and I'm. I'm not saying like you're wrong for thinking that or anything like that. It's just personally like I didn't get that feel from it. Like everything just felt right to me. Like it was a very natural feel to it. I put plot misdirections, particularly Riddler. Honestly, don't remember what I meant by that. <laughs> are you are you having no notes no uh, misdirection right now? Trying to remember what you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, not comparable to any other Batman movie, with the exception of the ambiguity of time period of the Burton movies. Um, this really wasn't. A Batman movie that we've ever seen before like everything else was you know really action-packed and stuff like that this gave it more of the uh like a detective noir film pretty much and I love that because Batman is the world's greatest detective and all that uh I felt the end credits scene wasn't really worth sitting through all the credits for like no, we already yeah we already talked about it but uh wait I'd, it was just the website thing right yeah no it just said it was goodbye, just the, and goodbye then, like, yeah and then a website oh, yeah like, flash i read that like a day before i saw it so i knew i didn't have to sit through the credits so i walked out <laughs> gotcha yeah um it was it was literally just like the like the Riddler's like terminal thing with like the flashing question yeah, mark. Yeah, the DOS, the DOS yeah, system, yeah. And all that. Yeah, did that. Typed out goodbye, and then like 
you could tell a URL flash, but it didn't really give you enough time to like think about it. Uh, See I it really, yeah. I took screenshots of like an article explaining it, but we've already been over that, so it doesn't really matter. When they announced, you know, Robert Pattinson was playing Bruce Wayne, I I kept an open mind. I wasn't being like, oh, really, the Twilight guy, like most of the world was. It was the same thing with Heath Ledger's Joker. Everybody's like, really, they're getting that guy to play the Joker, like. Honestly, if you still if you still see Robert Pattinson as the Twilight guy, yeah, you need to watch more movies. You need to watch oh, yeah. more fucking movies. Like, no, I get your head out your ass. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not criticizing you. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, people who say, "Oh, the Twilight guy," if you're still if you're still stuck on that, go watch a fucking movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like even after. I'm gonna like, keep it real with you. I didn't know Pattinson was Batman until like a year ago. And I mean, it's been known for a while, like a couple years. He got cast in like, I think it was like 2019 they announced it. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. the timeline of this movie was Ben Affleck was supposed, this was supposed to be the Ben Affleck solo movie. Yeah. And that was all the way back in 2017. Yeah. And then February of 2017 is when it switched hands over to Matt Reeves and all that. It just it took a long, a long one to get off the ground and then, and then COVID happened, so... Like I, I remember it being on announced and stuff like that, and but with COVID, you know, everything's just been a fucking blur. Like, yeah, with everything that's happened, so I'm, I'm sure there was delays and stuff like that. They just never really put it out there. Yeah, but yeah, man, I, uh, I just, I, I'm with Joe on this. Like, if you go in here and think, oh, it's, it's fucking Twilight, guy, yeah, you're dumb. Like, mm-hmm. I went into this thinking all right, he can do something here to impress me. Like, cause I haven't really seen him act outside of honestly, Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah I don't me. even, well, I don't even jump through the lighthouse. So yeah, I, was like, say, I, was, yes, I was already the lighthouse. Yeah. That's, and I told my friend this the other day, like the first two movies I thought of when they, when I figured out it was him playing Batman was lighthouse. Cause I had just seen it like two days in theaters. Um, and then uh, uh, Harry Potter, because I watched maybe the first Twilight. Don't remember anything of it. So my mind's not going to go immediately to Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just what everybody associates him with. I am upset that he didn't sparkle in this one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, even whenever I just posted, like, a picture of, like, the, the poster and shit in my Instagram story, like, I had one guy message me and being like, yeah, like I, I was pretty impressed with the uh, with Twilight Boy, and I'm like, have you seen him in anything else? He's like, no. I'm like, have you seen The Lighthouse? One of my, <laughs> one like, of my friends no, what's posted, that? <laughs> so. One of my friends posted the other night. He was like, going to go see this sparkly Batman. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, well, it's funny because the reason that Matt Reeves didn't watch Twilight and go, you know who the only person to play Batman for me? That guy. No, he watched the movie by. The people who made Uncut Gems. I'm sorry, I didn't say it right. Uncut Gems. <laughs> and uh, he, it was called like Good Time. And he was like, I'm really impressed with this dude. I want him to be my Batman. And wrote the entire fucking movie around Robert Pattinson being Batman. Took yeah. a gamble on it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else I put? Yeah, like up to this movie, like I basically tried to avoid any kind of news or trailers or anything like that as like 
as much as I could. Obviously, like if I go see a movie and it plays the trailer, I'm not just going to like walk out of it or anything like that. But I just, that's just something I do personally now. Like I don't really like digging into movies and like forming theories about it and getting all like hyped up about it. I just, Oh, why does that sound so familiar? (laughs) I just, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just, I wait for it to come out. I see what they do. I try to enjoy it like as pure as I can. That's just me. I get that. Like I'm waiting. I, I know the summer is about to come and the new Halloween trailer will drop around then. And I'm going to completely just like, mute that reddit sub that i'm on because i know all those motherfuckers they're already starting now they started the day halloween kills came out they're like what do you guys think's gonna happen and then i have this theory for it i'm like we're a year out they haven't even filmed the movie yet like uh (laughs) jamie lee curtis filmed all her sets and are all her scenes in savannah and like the span of like two weeks and they're like but they're still filming right now they're still filming it right now right and they're like, well, I wonder if she's going to die early since she's already wrapped her filming. She's a big name star. They're going to get her in and out as quickly as they can. Yeah, she got shit to do. So they don't have to pay her all that. <laughs> also, there are, sounds like those guys are assuming that they film, you know, chronological order, which <clears throat> isn't what happens. Yeah, exactly. So- it's just like, it's just like, chill out, dude. Like, if you want to see something, you're going to go see it no matter what. Stop trying to form theories around it because you're just going to get disappointed, Cole. Yeah. You know, Cole, funny, funny you mentioned that about the, you think they film in chronological order because no, I said they don't film in chronological order. No, I said, you said they think. Yeah. Uh, because I remember one of the first stills we got of Pattinson as Batman was on the bike in the cemetery. From the finale, yeah. I and that's the that end of the movie. movie. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, huh. I was like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Final yeah, thoughts. I got that at the end. I'm like, oh, hey, that was the first shot we got. <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts. Um, it was an extremely enjoyable movie for me. I can understand why some people wouldn't like it because it is three hours long. It's not your typical action-packed superhero movie and definitely leans more to the noir detective-style feel. Uh, but just in general it was just a great movie i i really don't have any complaints about it all right so for me i think i well hold on hold on did you really just have to stretch for this really (laughs) hey it's hard work (laughs) (laughs) leave tyler alone right he's a he's i was talking to you joseph yeah he's talking to you (laughs) what he said, you, you stretched really before stretch you started talking. No, I, I, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like I'm about to end his career here. Oh, no, 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 no. Was, hard work being wrong all the time. The, the cat oh. was me on. No, my cat was me on. So I, I threatened him with the with the squirt bottle. So I was. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> reaching out real quick. Um, hey, innocent. Don't be doing that. You've been making too much noise. I'm trying to talk over here. Just um, start spraying the camera. <laughs> yeah, anyway. cool. So. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot I can say about this movie, and you know, I think I had an agree. I can, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of the points that you guys have made. You know how it's, you know, how Dano was just amazing as as Riddler. Um, how Brady thinks, you know, we didn't necessarily need Catwoman, even though she did a great job. You know, wasn't necessarily critical to the film. 
But I'm surprised Brady didn't touch on how, for me, I got a lot of similar vibes to the movie Seven in the sense to where... I said it towards the end of my stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you if you really look at it, look how look how much uh, pairing they did between Gordon and Batman trying to solve the you know solve the crimes of the Riddler. You know, it gave me the same vibe as as Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. You know, trying to solve the crimes of the seven deadly sins. Huh? Christian Bale. No, from oh. Seven. Oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I see what you mean. No, no, sorry. I'm, in, in comparison <laughs> to seven, <laughs> yeah. In in comparison to seven, to where you know Freeman and, and Pitt are trying to solve the crimes. You know, in here we have we have Batman and and Gordon teaming up together trying to solve the crimes and understand what's what's going on in the movie. Um, and not that it's a bad thing because I love I love seven. I, I liked how you know it it gave me that vibe. You know, it wasn't just just him by himself. You see that connection that they have together early on, which is cool because you know it's it's really Gordon bringing him on and showing you know he can help, while the rest of the police force doesn't trust the Batman at all. They think he's just some crazy guy in a suit running around. Yeah, I I had to say that scene in the funeral with the cop the first cop that like stops him from going into the first crime scene like gives him all that shit and he's the one guy at the computer like hey mr Wayne, mr Wayne, hey, how's it going? Like, oh you son of a bitch and bruce is like it's this fucking guy <laughs> and then they they even become cool at the end because he's helping himself around yeah. riddle and i was like I, all I right that's a cool full the end circle when goes, moment when he goes back to the to the riddler's apartment it's a carpenter's and, tool <laughs> yeah he's like what are you doing here and oh the look the look Batman gives him when he says, "Oh, that's a cop, like the the tool." He gives him that look, like, "How the fuck do you know? I'm about to punch your face in. How do you know?" <laughs> I was, that's that's I, was, I just thought it was great. Start talking. <laughs> also, the fact that like Robert Pattinson's delivery on some of his lines are so fucking dry that they became funny. Like yeah. the whole fucking like Gordon's like, "Shit, how do we open this?" He's like, "Thumb." <laughs> It's so simple, yeah. Like yeah. it's that was the, that was probably my favorite joke in the thumb drive. What? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and I, I really liked Jeffrey C. Wright as Gordon, and he's yeah. not. You know, I like that he's lieutenant. He's not commissioner yet. He's still, you know, on the beat essentially as a detective. And like I said, he's that connection between Batman. You pulled and the your rest punches. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he calls him man. Hey man, what you know? We, I'm I'm just like this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't treat him as you know. He just treats him as another guy. Just you know, I'm I don't I don't care that you're you know some guy in a, in a costume. I'm you know if you're gonna help me, help me. You treat him my like partner. Best friends, like yeah, yeah man, like a partner. Um, I, I'm just like, I'm I'm, not, I'm I'm still be jumping all over the place here in my in my takes. The opening scene, hearing the music, I don't like I like I was expecting kind of like a dramatic opening for for the batman and it just you know it flashes the batman starts playing the music and i was like okay this is this is good this is good here but when yo anytime they play ave maria while someone's getting capped off yep beautiful (laughs) you know that and that that gave me like that gave me like older true crime 
movie about like a you know pretty sure they played Ave Maria in seven as well. <laughs> when I heard that they music. played I know they played like uh Beethoven or Mozart, one of the two. I always get them I always forget which song it is. Um but the fact that they used like a classical song and it was like it was a reference for the death and everything. Um I want to say something for you, Joe, that yeah. I think you and I can pick up on a lot. Because I know I don't know about Tyler as much as that like true crime stuff goes. And I don't know Cole probably won't, but I feel like it's kind of, it's really interesting to see everyone critics-wise say, and you and me both picked up on the fact that seven is very much heavily influencing this movie, but not one single critic has come out and said something along the lines of, well, he made the best David Fincher film without David Fincher filming it. You know what I mean? That's essentially like, what it's what very it much on its own vein, but it's still there. That's funny because I was going to make the joke when we opened up, but I was going to say that we're here to review David Fincher's interpretation of the Batman film by Matt Reeves. But you can't really, like, <laughs> you could say that, but like, you can't at the same time. You don't, yeah, you, you can't, but you can. It's like, because it's there, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's obviously not. there. And I, I feel like like Matt Reeves is like, I have this idea, but I want to use this idea as well to make it to make it perfect. And like I said, it's 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 not that he ripped off seven or anything. It's it's no, it's not that. It's you know, I you get the vibe because you're dealing with you know a a killer who's fucking crazy. Even the rain is a good reference to Severin. Yeah, seven, because it rains. Seven was in the time. rain like the whole fucking time. It was raining the whole time. Just and, and just like the kind of gray. I legit saw someone complain online about the rain. There's too much of it. Yeah, he was like, "Why is it fucking raining all the time? What the fuck?" I was like, "That's your one complaint about the movie." It, it rains <laughs> the fact sometimes. That it's raining. It doesn't <laughs> I mean, rain that, that much in Chicago, but <laughs> that's the biggest complaint. Like, I can, I mean, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, just I can see like the 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 similarities of of each movie, but that's made me even enjoy enjoyed even more. Like, it's they're similar, but they're not the same. Like, I don't feel like I'm watching a rip off of Seven. It's it's still its own entity. I really enjoyed it. Um, back to the opening when. When the Riddler shows up in, in the mayor's, is it the mayor or the DA he first kills? The mayor. Yeah. The mayor. Okay. When he shows up in the mayor's, you know, den, he just appears like standing there creepily. The whole audience went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but like, I was okay. Like, I legit start- had a dude in my audience go, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just heard my, like, the, you, just, you just heard the whole audience go, oh. And like all kind of like shift, here. like shift real quick. Like I was like, oh shit, they're they're calling forty x. I had a guy sitting next to me who was like, pretty much talking to like his buddy the whole film. Surprisingly, did not react to that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Even I reacted. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, cool. We're we're, we're signing. Yo, you pot. need to check that. That guy probably is the Riddler. Just saying. <laughs> Fucking psychopath. Um, the usage of Ave Maria, I loved it because I'm. I'm really big into classical music, so the usage of the of the song I was like, oh, yes. that was the song at the beginning, right? You tell me, Cole, was it? When that song hit, I thought it was going. I thought it was going to cut to a theater where we were going to see his parents get shot. 
because I, I heard that music hit and i'm like that's what i and that's what they made you believe too like you're watching a little kid like play with his dad and all. i really thought we were about to watch his parents get murked yeah that's I what like, i was going with, with this the, movie was uh, about to be disappointing from the start <laughs> okay yeah because uh, yeah. i was that, like unsure where to go with it and i was like are we gonna are we gonna kill him like but also the misdirection of who's watching them is it Batman watching them? Because I thought get it was, also thought it was Batman. Technological sound of yeah. There's there's just like a a good amount of misdirections in the movie and like it was just so well done. I love how sloppy Riddler is with that first kill. Like he's falling over and I'm just like, what? The? I'm like, this guy. The, hev- the heavy breathing really told me okay, it's it's the Riddler watching them at first. Yeah, but I was like, well, how old are they doing the Riddler? Then like, are they? Are we going to see like an old Riddler? Because I, I assumed we were getting uh, the kill, like Riddler watching the Waynes and he was at a, he was at to kill him off. And then we're going to fast forward a few years and it'll be like an older Riddler facing Batman. That's what I thought initially. Yeah. Um, moving on from there, when, and I haven't heard anyone say, and I'm surprised you didn't say this, Brady, when the narration starts and Pattinson's narrating how how Gotham is and how the bat signal strikes fear into everybody and so you know as the villain like all the criminals are looking up and they start to look into the shadows like oh fuck he's coming like he can he can appear from any shadow and when we get to the train when they're on the on the train platform and you hear the footsteps of him coming out I was like this is some bear Jew and glorious bastards vibes right now I didn't get that. I got more of like, see, for me, that was more of a Halloween vibe too. Really? Because if you remember, well, if you remember the end of the original Halloween, the, the idea of the first Halloween movie that John Carpenter did was the fact that Michael Myers is literally evil personified. Mm-hmm. And that's why they show the different locations at the end of the movie before credits roll to okay. show you evil could be anywhere. Anywhere. So yeah. that's what they were showing is not necessarily evil could be anywhere, but. Batman could literally be in any anywhere. of these shadows about to kick your okay, ass. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see how that how you can how you see that then. But for me, when they're on the train platform, I got the vibe of Inglorious Bastards when you know Aldo goes, Donnie, mm-hmm. the man wants to die for his country out right here. And you just Black hear the hell. you hear the <laughs> you know, you just hear the knock coming out from the hallway, and it takes a good while. God damn that scene's so fucked. And everyone's just watching him, like waiting to come out the come out the tunnel. That's the same vibe I got from when Pattinson first appears as the Batman. Like, you know, everyone's looking and they're like, is like, what's coming? Who is it? And then when they all realize it, they're like, ah, shit, it's him. I thought that was fucking great. I thought it was amazing how they did that. And to just, like you said, how, how low, low tech he looked, you know, he was, he was like in combat with little combat pants and he had the, the pack strapped to his, his, uh, his thigh you know, he just, he looked low grade, but still good. Yeah. I like that he didn't, like, have to do some shitty one-liner before kicking this dude's ass. Like, he just came in, grabbed his arm, and slapped the shit out of him, and he, like, thought about it. I was like, hey, let me give you two more. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, he, and he just, yeah. you know, he's so just, just so aggressive and so, so But that's strong. also because he's only in year two as well. It's just yeah. such a smart yeah. idea. Like, Clearly, he's going to be more. He's still learning what to do, you know. Yeah, he just raw. goes in like he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck these guys up before they fuck me up. Boom. Yep. Just watching as time goes on and seeing how the Riddler, you know, 
corresponds with everything and his tricks and everything and you know he, he's setting up for it for them the the scene where the da drives into the drives into the the church service and he's doing the he's doing the the riddles with the da over the phone and and batman's helping him just like his intensity his up and down intensity yeah that he's giving is, is so good and we talk about the fact that Riddler is technically a Twitch streamer. Hey guys, that too. Like yeah. he's <laughs> like this a is Twitch streamer terrible. on like on the dark web, essentially. Yeah, An evil influencer. <laughs> and it's so funny because like you know he had he has he has that certain tone of voice when he's when he's the Riddler. I you know it's it's it goes up and down like this, and you're trying to understand where I'm going as the Riddler. But when he's on Twitch, he's like, hey, guys. Uh, so I got all this stuff right over here. Subscribe to my channel. Um, yeah, thanks. You know, make sure you hit subscribe and follow. <laughs> you made him sound like Macho Man, Joe. <laughs> well, because, you he's know. He's going up and he, down. He has a weird, the, the, the like. stream is sponsored by Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> he has like, this weird younger voice. I mean, I have, a, I have a weird voice, too. I think everyone has weird voices. But anyway. Um, oh, weird. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just his, just, his, just, he just won. his range of everything. Technically yeah. speaking, he won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and I, I liked how as as the movie came out, we're seeing all this extra information, like how how scenes were done and stuff like that. And I know we we joked about it in the in the chat real quick when he said, you know, he he wanted to wear the saran wrap underneath the mask. To kind of limit himself. I mean, I I know you shake your head and laugh, but you know you. you I love it. Have to it's just, it's also yeah, a funny. Thought. It's it's so weird because you know he he was trying to figure out. Like I read more into it. He was trying to figure out like what what do I do as a Riddler? Like do I shave my whole head? And you know do I just go like that weird like you know how like some people are like I guess someone's like for killers or they get weird about their body appearance. Like they'll shave their head, all the, all the hair off their body and stuff like that. And, you know, weird yeah. quirks like that. He chose a saran wrap. And I thought that was pretty interesting because it's, you know, it makes him more hyper-focused on, on just being inside the mask. And yeah. it made me relate to uh, Slipknot in their early years. Sid chose a, a very tight fitted gas mask because it it made it difficult for him to breathe, but it also made it made him focus more on what he's doing in real time. Fucking like, clown used to shove a crow in his mask, a yeah, dead crow. Like, yeah, that you know weird things like like weird quirks like that. Because when they're inside the mask, they're not themselves; they're a different person. So I thought it was pretty interesting to see how like you know that for when people are trying to do different things like it. You know, to get to a certain level, that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to add the saran wrap to take himself to a different, a different level to reach the character. Um, I I liked Andy Circus as as Alfred. I like I like Andy Circus. Period. You know, I think he's really, really a really good actor. Uh, especially because he can do it both in live action and then in I guess CGI. Because if you look at them as of course, Gollum and Smeagol. Yes, I mean, I, I had it. to do I, it. Just, well, because that's what I was, I, was I, knew but also, I knew it was coming. Also, also, yay, Cole's gone. From, 
from the Planet of the Apes trilogy, he plays he plays Caesar. You could have I know that you could have said that one because you know Matt Reeves directed one of those. Just yeah, saying. but you but know, no, start you had from to there go because all the way back to Lord of the Rings because you just that's have where to he mentioned became, it. Because that's where his that was a big hit for yeah. him. That's where he became a name. Yeah, I mean that's where he became a name, I and mean, that's where he got the most awards for it. I forgot that dude has so many like tattoos all over his arms, and they had to no. hide them in this, no. and you could almost see a couple of them. But yeah, like I mean, like, shut up, Cole. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in him and him and Planet of the Apes, like, except for he he has like that great of a range that he doesn't he doesn't have to necessarily be on on camera. He just he can portray the role. And still be good, but yeah, I liked. I liked how they gave Alfred more of a, of a fatherly figure stance instead of just I'm your, I'm your tech guy here back at the cave. Um, he's trying to fill the void of the father because, you know, I mean, he's gone. But, but Bruce is still very, you know, I don't want to say upset, but still trying to process it all. And he knows he knows Alfred is trying to fill that void. He's like, you're not my father. Quit trying to do that. You're not a wing. Quit trying to be, you know, be related to it. But I mean, obviously, Alfred is a wing. You know, he he is a father figure for him, and he just needs to accept it. But I thought, I thought it was good to see that because in every other Batman movie, we see that they're already they have that love already established. It's always it's always a good a good connection. There's never a tough connection like this has been. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Um. Honestly, just to hear the backside of everything, like to hear them talk so freely about, you know, Falcone and Maroni and the Arkham's and how how the city was built, you know, because it's always it's always been the the glamorous side of everything. And yes, you know, the Wayne family saved the city, you know, they built it, they made it a great place. It's the crime, but no, like it's there's more to it, you know. There's we get to see that ugly side of it. And to see how the how they portrayed, like you know, the reason why the reason why your parents died was because your father, you know, got someone was trying to get someone killed to defend, you know, your mother because your mother was was crazy. To see the darker side of it, you know, to be to show the corruption of of it all is to show to tell them, you know, your father wasn't just your father wasn't perfect. Yeah, as, that's as, a good. Sorry. No, go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> That's another thing that ties it back into like the uh, the Telltale games for me. Like honestly, I wish I could just send you those games. I got them for free on Xbox Live a while back, but uh, it pretty much goes the same way. Like Thomas Wayne wasn't a saint. Like he was connected to, I think, who do they tie him in with? It wasn't Falcone. I think it was uh, Maroni. Maroni. Yeah, yeah, Maroni. For the third time. Oh. I didn't hear you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like there's this whole like twist in one of the games where like he's connected with them and he did all this like dark shit. And it's pretty much the same thing of like Bruce Wayne trying to like repair that image of the Wayne family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, the, uh, the scene at the funeral where, um, which by the way, Jeff, what is, I think I say his name wrong all the time. John Totoro? John Totoro is how I know to say it. Uh, dude fucking killed his character. Oh my god, he was Falcone. Like, I, I forgot sure he if I remember doesn't have to be goofy all the time. <laughs> but like, 
that apparently so that scene where he's talking to penguin and like one of his bodyguards is like you know who this guy is his father saved me like apparently that scene is word for word basically a panel rip right out of the comic one of the comics nice. and like i i'm with you joe i didn't write it down i don't know why it, i left my notes open thinking i would come up with more before we recorded but i also knew that like you guys would say stuff and we would all bounce off like that but i'm with mm-hmm. you i like the idea that a we didn't have to watch their parents get shot again mm-hmm. but b that like there is a world in which batman's parents are assholes yep like they're not as good as what everyone wants to believe they are because they got shot also i didn't know martha was an arkham like i think that and i know i read later on that that's uh like a later edition thing within like mm-hmm. one of the books or something like that but that's still like a cool tie-in yeah to the yeah, whole world of batman that's another angle we we know we don't get brought it doesn't get brought up because it, it, it was a later addition to this to the overall series and it's cool for them to highlight that you know because yeah i mean we associate you know rich people doing whatever it needs to get done to get to where they are if you look at certain you know big names like you know the one percenters who are you know filthy rich the way that the waynes were you know what i mean so but it's cool to- like it was cool to see like the riddler's take on it too to be like why is it that this one orphan gets everything just because of who he is yeah but his dad did all of this to us and we get nothing right like he had a very good motivation to do i'm not saying what he did is right i'm not justifying what he did but i'm just saying his motivation was justable justifiable in a way yeah within the confines of fake gotham city not being a real place and we're watching a movie obviously but like (laughs) you kind of like you almost feel for riddler in a way because you're like man bruce's parents really fucked this kid like just like thanos he had a point yeah (laughs) thanos i mean like i said it's i'm dc only now and if you look at why'd you you look at wakanda forever why'd you if you look at joker you know with joaquin phoenix how the system fucked him See, I love that movie too. Yeah, I mean, the systems was the system was built by the Waynes essentially. You know, think about it that way. That that me saying that just reminded me, and I meant to write it down. I thought of this earlier. How we have elevated horror movies. This is an elevated superhero movie to me. AMC even has it listed as an artisan film. Yeah, which they only do for like they have to usually sometimes depends on the director. But also, like, the artistic something or another is how they define what an artisan film is. I can't remember. Joker. I'll have Joker to look it up for you. Joker was one, too. Okay. So I think it's just those two in terms of superhero movies. You know, my thing is, I feel like the, ba- the Batman franchise are the only superhero movies you can really get this done with, to take it to an artisan level. Yeah. I mean... I'll, I'll give I'll give it to Logan because mm-hmm. Logan was a whole different type of monster compared you know but I don't think I can see DC I mean I'm sorry I can never see Marvel doing something like this you know what I mean but I think because Marvel now has a formula to where they're like okay we need to pump these numbers out we got to pump these movies out that to be kid friendly because that's where the money's at 
and you know we need to get the numbers out there i don't you know sure maybe yeah, they tried because... it with eternals but eternals wasn't wasn't that great they they should have broken it up into three movies and focus on each time time frame they were in and maybe they could have given us something like that but i think just you know the batman world is the only ones that we can really do an artisan style film of superhero movies and to be honest the one the one character that you could possibly do it with for marvel is dead now so like you can't really do it anymore and that's iron man yeah well i mean we're also in the whole multiverse thing right now so i mean i mean but yeah but like i feel like joe's right here like marvel very much is like how do we market this how do we get families to buy tickets yeah and honestly you know what tie-ins can we do with like audi or burger king or some shit like that yeah but like there is a world where that first iron man movie could have been an artsy elevated movie like this yeah no i i agree like i was gonna say like but i don't think it would have worked for the rest of the mcu yeah i was gonna say the issue with it is that all these movies now just tie in together so it's hard to kind of go branch off out. that path but i mean with and if it, this whole if they were to try it now of course it wouldn't be with robert downey yeah and the, the you know the the rumor or the hope is we'll get uh we'll get tom cruise to to play iron man quickly in multiverse and i don't want to watch tom cruise do that you know no. what i mean <laughs> i i saw a thing the other day that said y'all are wrong about tom cruise being iron man he's gonna be the new jebediah Obadiah. Like he's gonna be yeah Obadiah. Obadiah. Like he's gonna be an alternate version of that. Oh, I can see that. I'd I'd be like, okay that. Ooh, that'd be that's okay an interesting it. take. Yeah. That's an interesting okay take. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool with. Um but yeah, so back to it. Just seeing him mostly as Batman, and like you said, just being lost and like in his insomnia and everything being a blur and just ties in. He's not really sure you know, what day it is. I thought that was really cool too. I enjoyed his, seeing him as a, as a, the world's greatest detective, just walking around the crime scene and picking things out here and there. Um, <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know what it is or what it was about his, his costume, but that made it feel like, I guess made it feel realistic still. Yeah. Um, because it's a low grade costume, obviously, but you can kind of hear the leather and just the way he kind of turns, like still like full body turns because he hasn't really gotten honed in on it. Yeah. But you can hear the movement of his, of his costume. And I was, and I was like, I just thought it was kind of funny to hear that because it's like, huh, he's just like, he's packed in there with leather and body armor. Essentially he's that, you know, <laughs> because it's still pretty low grade. It's very much that aspect of uh, anybody could be his Batman. Yeah. Just and uh, like, cause yeah, cause it can just be any dude off the street, and that's why I feel like that's why it, it made it even better because it's not, it isn't that hard line. We got Bruce Wayne, we got Batman. We have, we don't have the Bruce Wayne we all know just yet. It feels like just a normal kid off the street, yeah. you know, doing this shit. Um, the car scene. So I was waiting for the fucking car scene the whole time. Every, like the moment we walk into the Batcave and you see the engine not in the car yet 
I'm like, when the fuck is that car going to start? When is that car going to start? <laughs> and when they're at the warehouse and he disappears and you hear it start and you can hear the whistle of the, of the boost just kicking on, getting higher and higher, and you start to see him, you hear him rev it, and you see just the, the engine firing. And when he just does that little, that little jump with the car, the quick little vroom, and I was like, I lost my shit. I was like, oh my God. It's beautiful. And then he just, and then he punches it. I was like, God damn, what a fucking car. Cause yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, this Batmobile. I thought it was, I thought it looks cool. It's, it's very simple. It's just, you know, it's a roll cage with some, with some sheet metal on it and a monster engine just ripping through it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing fancy to it. It's just, it's just that. And that chase, like I said, that was probably the most superhero part of it or like big action superhero part of it because it's, you know, him chasing him chasing Penguin through, through the highway. Um, I feel like that was probably like his most polished part of being a superhero because if you fast forward to when he's getting chased out of the, out of the club and he puts on the, that flying suit, the hesitancy that he has when he gets to the to the ledge he's like fuck it's too high i have to jump so i got to use the suit but you can tell he was hesitant about it because he he hasn't he isn't that great with it yet to see him try it on or to put it on and be kind of panicked and then crash into the wall the cement wall because he still hasn't have his handle on it because he's still in just in year two i was like okay like we see him vulnerable still learning the craft not being perfect so, you know, it keeps him pretty well grounded. Um, just things, you know, small things like that with him, like seeing that he's not perfect yet, but he's he's on the right track and he's learning. You know, it keeps him, it gives us that sense that he's, you know, he's not where he wants to be just yet. But I think overall the movie was really well done. Um, like Brady said, I feel like it lost itself in there in, in the middle because the, the beginning was really strong. But then we kind of got away from the Riddler for a bit. And toward the end, I was like, well, I was like, where, where does the Riddler tie back into all of this? You know, because they were giving us a story of, of his family, how Falcone and Moroni play into it and how the, bing, the penguin plays into it. And now Selena is Falcone's daughter. Like they were giving us all that information. I was like, where the fuck's the Riddler? Like, how are they going to tie that back in? You know, where, when is that going to come back around? So I can kind of see how, yeah, you know, it's, it started strong. It got a little lost there at the end and in the middle, but I feel like it, it regrouped itself decently at the end. So it was like, it balanced out, but to see the, just the chaos that was created by the Riddler at the end by blowing up the, basically the seawall and letting the, letting the water flow in. I was I I just I really enjoyed it from from beginning to end. I thought this is a this is a great start to something. If they if DC plays it right, they can really get ahead again. Because obviously everyone compares DC to Marvel, which I don't think they should because it's two different yeah. things going on. Yeah. Uh, but clearly DC does not have a good. I don't think they have a good handle on what they're trying to do with all their film series. Uh, and I feel like that's it'll hold true, especially when the Flash movie comes out, because we're getting Michael Keaton in that one. 
which is cool and all, but I'd give, tell me what the hell y'all are doing. Yeah. You know, give me a better direction. He's also going to be in the Batgirl movie. Okay, that's cool. I'm wrong, but isn't Jeffrey Dean Morgan going to play Thomas Wayne in the Flash movie? Yes. There's a no, not anymore. Yeah, last time I heard he was. I think that's just a rumor. I don't think that's actually a thing that's happening. He's he's listed on IMDb. Casted. IMDb doesn't mean shit. (laughs) All right, Cole. Here's the deal. I just I just want them to have some you know some concrete path that to let me know like if just steal that from marvel god damn it get yeah. someone to get someone to oversee what the hell you're doing yeah. give me a concrete path of what you're going to be doing and go with it you know you you have great superheroes you can tell good stories who cares if you know if they're not as big as the marvel movies because the marvel's marketing to to kids and everything they have a pro- they have a formula that try to just get, get asses in the seats and make money. Sure, you know, yes, I, I enjoy Marvel movies. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy the Marvel movies, but DC has great heroes, you know, that were the start of it all. And you're like you're flopping with them, man. Yeah. In comparison. I'd say it goes back to them kind of trying to rush to get to what Marvel had. Yeah, like with, and that's that's where they fucked up. That's where yeah. they really fucked up. Like they tried to make Justice League their Avengers, and yeah, so what all was out by that time? Man of Steel and uh, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that that was and all the, they had, and they were like, "Here we go." And the thing is, like, they they second guess themselves and they cut the movies, and they're yeah. not the movies that they really wanted to put out because look at look at Batman versus Superman, the the Ultimate Edition. It made more sense, and it was a better version of the movie, and it was more watchable. Yeah. Same thing with Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. His cut but, made the movie more tolerable for people. It made the I liked the movie already, but it made it it made it better the way it was cut. Yeah. But nobody's gonna watch those extended movies. Like bullshit, bullshit. The don't give me that because people Suicide Squad is also slightly better. Don't and. I feel well, like you, we can't use the excuse no more. I'm not going to go watch it. I'm not going to spend two and a half hours. You, yes, you are. You both no. Yeah. You both you both have a point. Uh, Tyler Tyler's point would be more on the long lines of not people not like us who are in, like soup like not necessarily super into it, but just like nerdy about it. Yeah, we'll go we'll go watch a twelve hour cut. Yeah, but your average theater goer, no. They're not gonna. They're not gonna seek out the super ultimate deluxe edition. Yeah, it's like what we're talking about. Like, not if you, not if that's what you're giving me on a second roundabout. Yeah, if you give it to me initially and have some confidence in your fucking movies. Yeah, and give me that first, (laughs) then yes, I will go watch it. Because if you're giving me, oh, uh, it's too long. It's too long. Cut it shorter. Cut it shorter. And you give me a movie that isn't what you really wanted to put out. I'm not gonna watch that because if I'm watching that trailer and thinking that doesn't look good. Yeah, exactly. Then I'm not gonna go watch it. No, I'm, I do I'm right there with you on that. Cut of this six hours long. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I do want to see what what didn't make the cut. Like, yeah, like I said, it has to be very little, right? Yeah, I would think so. And like, like, look at us talking now. Like, you know, we watched the movie, and now we want more. So you want even more than Brady wants more. 
Yeah. <laughs> so like that's my thing is like DC needs to quit living in fear. Don't worry about if someone's gonna watch it. You know, if you make it right the first time, they'll go watch it. Yeah. And I agree. I, uh... go, go ahead. Okay. Uh what was it a couple weeks ago we were talking about, you know, longer movies and stuff like that and you know, intermissions in the middles uh, in the middle of movies and stuff like that. Not everybody's going to be into that. And the idea with, you know, putting a movie out there from a business point of view is you want to make your money back. So not everybody's going to be into these three hour Batman movies and stuff like that. We definitely are. I definitely am. But you want to market to just a normal person who maybe doesn't know everything about Batman, who hasn't read the comics, but you still want to make fans of those properties happy. So you have to find a balance in there, and that's where DC messes up. They go more towards the money-making side of it rather than keeping a good story and continuity and all that. And to go off what you just said there, like, I wasn't particularly, you know, jazzed about going to see a three-hour Batman movie at 8 p.m. at night, you know, because um, I knew I was going to get out late. I knew there was going to be 20 minutes worth of trailers before the movie actually started. So by the time the movie actually starts, you're looking at 8.20 p.m., you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't exactly, like, looking forward to that, but, like, I walked out of that movie I was like, that was worth every minute. Yeah. Which is very rare for me to say for a superhero film. Also, one last thing I wanted to laugh about uh, was when they're in the Riddler's apartment finally, and one of the cops is like, hey, why are you going to let him touch this? And he's like, well, he's wearing gloves. (laughs) Like, I fucking died laughing at that. That was good. I like that. (laughs) I just like how, like, there, it's not forced humor either. It's just like, a casual work conversation that makes you laugh. It's very dry. Well, and like poor Penguin, like, man. He's just trying to run like his really said, Batman's you know, coming know. in there beating the shit out of people. Yeah. <laughs> the the recurring when he knocks on the door to the club and he's getting the <laughs> he's getting the door guys. Yep. The, you when know he comes who back, I am. When he comes Bruce back as Bruce Wayne, <laughs> he's like, they close the door on him and they're like, see? It's him. Come on in, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> It was it was so funny because the the last time he did it, I was really hoping like of course he opens the door and there's no one there. Yeah. I was really hoping like the that the door guy would like turn to like look back into the club and you would just see you would just see him like run by like <laughs> just like sneaking but like running by instead of instead of doing something. I was just hoping like he'd be like, okay. Um and going back to that because the like I said, as as the movies come out, I've read more and more, you know, things of like how they did the movie. Uh, the elevator scene when he comes out and he's and he's uh, he's fighting all the thugs, get into get into Falcone's office. Um, God, that scene was amazing. They used practical uh, effects for it, so they were using, I guess, like the prop guns and stuff like that with the blanks and everything. I thought that was fucking awesome. The the car going through the fire to get to Penguin, they legit just told the stunt driver to drive through the fire. 
nice. and, and you know it's it's things like that because like obviously the big thing from like the peak thing that happened and i and I'm, I'm not trying to compare it to the movie because i'm you know it's I, that's not what i want to do but in the dark night when they flipped the 18 wheeler forward that was a real 18 wheeler that they flipped forward and for the longest time that's been like the peak practical effect thing that you know someone's done in a long time because how often do you see an 18 wheeler like a real life 18 wheeler flip front flip forward uh, and the way they did that scene too was so beautiful because like they cut all sound except yeah. that and just let okay. it happen and that's all and you they, hear and it was very much a christopher nolan had this one shot one opportunity thing to do it even he didn't miss his chance to blow and he fucking you know he, he took did. that thing over <laughs> but like you know so the the chase scene on the highway for the batman when when they triggered the 18 wheeler to to wreck and you know cause a chain reaction and blow up and he uses the wreckage as a ramp and he busts through i was like man that was that was very well done as well and i thought that was fucking cool um but that like i said in the, in the elevator scene what is it about fucking elevator slash hallway scenes being the being the trend right now? Because look at look at Rogue One, look at uh, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, yeah. Look at Mandalorian uh, season two. Mm-hmm. This uh, I was like, that's it's fucking great. And going back well, to that, what I love about that scene is like clearly he's beating the shit out of these people. Yeah. But you don't see any of it happen at all. It's just it's just the flashes of the gun, and he's like reaching for them as it happens. So you don't you don't see and you just hear us too much. Yeah, you just hear it happening. Uh, it's things like that. I was like, God, this movie is really good, and I, I I'm gonna bring, I, I'm using this to bring him up. The cinematography for the movie was beautiful. Just every. Just the way they made it look overall, you know, the certain scenes from like behind him, like just when they're showing the cowl, like from the neck up, things like that. Uh, I saw there was the same guy who did like Dune. Yeah. So Greg Mandalorian, he did Dune, he did Mandalorian, he did Rogue One, he did a couple episodes of the Mandalorian, and he did this. Whatever this guy is a cinematographer from now on, I'm going to fucking watch it because they're beautiful movies. What'd you say his name I, was? Greg Fraser. Okay. Fraser. I, I heard Greg and then I heard Mandalorian, I think from Cole. So I was like, wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I uh, yeah. love that they also acknowledge the eye makeup in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because that's something. Because like in don't bring Batman, in the Michael Keaton, well, not even that. It's just like in the Michael Keaton Batman, he's wearing the cow and he clearly has eye makeup on. And then he just takes the cow off all of a sudden. There's no eye makeup there. But this is like, it's like, you can tell he's been working in it because it's like sweaty and running down his face. Yeah. Like, it's... And like, when I, when I go back and watch Batman and Batman Returns, like, there's the scenes where he has it on. But like, when he, when he's talking to Selina in Batman Returns, he's talking to her. And when he's getting ready to take the cow off, like rip the cow off, when they pan back to him, he doesn't have the eye makeup on anymore. He rips off the cow and it's just him plain face. And I believe it's Clooney's Batman 
they don't put makeup on his eyes they have yeah. it built into the cow so it's it's all part of one thing so like basically the makeup goes up the mask goes up to his eyelid and he as he takes it off he it's it's gone because it's part of the cow yeah i did like that his cow looked like adam west's yeah <laughs> kind of kind of short short-eared not too tall well even that just just look up a picture of like adam west's I know what it's like, yeah. And like Similar even vibe. just like the face and how like almost flat it is up front too. Yeah, kind of just flat like nose. And leather. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this movie just... Yeah, I loved it, man. And I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I hope they can keep this momentum. Same. Yeah, like, I, I know yeah. I'm kind of just like rattling random things off, but it's just because there's, there's so much about it I enjoy. And like I said, if... If you want me to, you know, to quit playing up, you know, praising it up so high, I'll I'll dumb it down for you. It's uh, you know, it's it's seven in a Batman movie form. You know, I'll give you that, but that's it's a same. crime thriller that Batman just happens to be in. Yeah, but yeah. it's not a bad thing. You know, there's everything just done well. It it fits the profile of Batman perfectly. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it, and I hope they said they do it right and they let. They let Matt Reeves do what he wants to do and don't force him to do something he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Let him take the lead. You know, he he's onto something here. And if you're gonna do that, that Gotham series, that Gotham uh, PD series, do it right. Yeah. There's like one part of the movie that I was really like taking taken out of the movie experience or whatever it was a whenever he was beating up that last uh riddler thug the one that says like i'm vengeance or whatever like it shows him like punching the guy like beating him to a fucking pulp or whatever and pattinson's punches looked really fake that's honestly like my only gripe with the movie but other than that like just incredible from start to finish Sure, you don't want him to really kill the dude. <laughs> What's that? I'm sure they didn't want him to really kill the dude. Oh yeah, no, but I mean, there's. It was just very much like a, like a wrestling punch. Uh, you're saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that I got everything I wanted to say. Yeah, I know I took like in. But yeah, that's all I got because I I don't, don't want to give too much because I I can rant on you know rattle on and on about it but. Yeah, I just I was just I was just trying. We don't want this episode talk. to be as long as the I fucking movie. Back, I was just about to say, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Come back next week for 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 my top ten Part two. movies in order. <laughs> Number one. Number one. Lego Wonder Batman. Woman. <laughs> Number one into the Spider Verse. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alex, that, I, that's all. I was just nine, kind of chiming in as you, as you guys went on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this movie was was great in my opinion. Yep, y'all kind of covered the uh, the whole plot misdirection thing that I was talking about too. That I couldn't remember what exactly I meant by it. So you misdirected yourself; it happens all the time. Yeah, I tend to do that. <laughs> uh, next week we will be talking about the last yeah. duel from Ridley Scott, and then Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Which and me and Tyler are going to talk about Studio Six 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 as well. 
Hell yeah. Have y'all watched <laughs> those movies yet? Not yet. I have. Cole. <laughs> Cole. I was going to Sunday and then all this talk about Batman started and I'm like, okay, well, never mind. I'll wait. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> glad that we shifted it around though. Like, I feel I like was, I was trying to find waiting time a week to, watch to talk Batman, Batman after Batman happened would be. Yeah. I was always going to try to force us to do this and like to the point where I was going to make Cole watch it on Saturday before our gig we had. I was going to be like, how, do, how can I find time to, to take him to the movie theater real quick? You mean, you mean Tyler? Tyler? Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> I was like, you're going to make Cole watch it before our gig? Okay. Uh, he needs to, well, you need to watch it too. You need to watch it too. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the new member of the band. I'm replacing you, Tyler. Damn it. Ooh. Okay, you can do that on one, one thing and one thing only. But what does he do in the band? I was just about to ask him that, actually. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Guitar and vocals. Let's go. That's what I figured. Okay. I knew you were going to say drums, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I had assumed guitar. I just wasn't Why? Sure. Why? Is it the hair? Is it, Are you profiling him? Is it the looks? Yeah. Something in the way. Yeah, God damn it. Right. I'm a little better than that. <laughs> That's what I got. Okay. That's all I got. For Movication, I'm Brady. I'm Cole. I'm Joe. I'm Tyler. Not God I'm damn Joe. it. Every time. I'm Tyler. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to do this without kicking us no. all out. No, you're going to kick us all out. Stop recording. Mm-hmm.